we're still doing this thing, huh? I guess so. I what I was ready to call it quits. Me too, man. But uh, stupid Ashley wanted <laughs> us to come on and say her name some more. Back by popular demand, we're here in the prefatorium where we talk about show matters and comments. And I guess it's a good thing that we're back here because uh, there are a couple of comments that, well, at least one that I, I actually put some work into uh, addressing this comment. And oh. I kind of want the credit for that. So good. <laughs> I'm, glad that we, I'm glad that we did this. The comments that I speak of, uh, well, they refer first to our episode on speakeasies. Mm. And uh, both of them come from a guy named Drew. Drew says... So was Guinan from Star Trek, The Next Generation, is that her name? Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. Guinan? Uh, inspired by this real-life Guinan you talked about on the show. She did run 10 forward, after all. He's referring to Texas Guinan, who uh, was the, the uh, former stage and screen star who became a performer at various uh, speakeasies and then eventually went on to run her own. And she had the famous catchphrase, uh, come on in, suckers. <laughs> yeah. uh, before you answer, I have to assume that that has got to be a connection and that the, that's a good observation from this fellow Drew. 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 Yeah. Um, but what did you find out? I looked it up. Yeah. It, it is true. She yeah. was the inspiration for it, uh, the character on Star Trek. That's cool. Yeah. He also says, uh, Wait, I would, it, oh. it would be really cool if they had gone full into it and they had a speakeasy hidden within. Oh, within the Enterprise. Yes. Yeah. That oh. only like certain crew members were allowed <laughs> to know about. <laughs> Interesting take. Yeah. Well, that means that they could explore that further when they do the, uh, the Guinan spinoff. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Uh, Drew also says, I would argue that the thrillist list of the best hidden bars in the world is actually detailing the worst hidden bars in the world. Zing. Busted. (laughs) Thank you for those comments, Drew. Now, last week, we did a show about adventure games. There was a guy named Drew on that, too. I don't know if this is related or not. Okay. Uh, but this comment about that Adventure Games episode comes from uh, Mike Westfall. Mike Westfall. Yeah. He says, the adventure game of this type I've played the most is Sierra's adaptation of Disney's The Black Cauldron, which I did not know existed. Me neither. But is um, an amazing little um, uh, confluence of strange things. Uh, in the 80s. That that sounds like something that you people would be interested <laughs> into. <laughs> uh, he says, it played more simply than King's Quest, using the function keys for actions instead of having to type something. Uh, but seeing the Horned King's Castle for the first time is one of my favorite screens from any video game ever. And he included a screenshot of said castle. Uh, and it does look pretty striking. Yeah. And that's got to be an old game. Yeah. Or it's a shitty new one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's pixel art. Yeah. And, um, Lots of color. Yeah. The castle's in the background and the character's like right in the front foreground. Uh, interesting. I, you can tell it's a momentous uh, part yeah, of the story. Yeah. There's yeah. lightning crackling in the background. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <clears throat> I'm curious about the function keys thing. So you assume that there's nine different things that you can do mm-hmm. that you do throughout the game. Uh, I'd like to, uh, we should look up what those are. Yeah. Yeah. I did not do any homework on this one, no. so I don't get any credit for it, but yeah, that is interesting. And that is a great comment. Thank you, Mike. Uh, did somebody say something that the, they wanted us to go somewhere else while we're here? Oh yeah. That, somebody wants us to percolate. All right. Player, give me some brew and I might just chill. But I'm the type that likes to light another joint like Cypress Hill. I still do be spit loogies when I puff on it. I got some bucks on it, but it ain't enough on it. Go get the S T I D E S. Nevertheless, I'm hella fresh. Um, I feel like it's been years since we've done this. <laughs> and in that time, I had lots of things I wanted to talk about. At the moment, I'm having a hard time remembering anything but um, personal junk in my life that I don't want to share with the world. <laughs> um, t- today is there's some craziness going on. The, oh, with the the Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As we record this, I guess it's still on fire. Yeah, probably. Um, that was kind of interesting to watch all day. It's sad, you know, mm-hmm. it's landmark of that you just don't think about um, just randomly disappearing. And, it, you know, throughout the course of the day, it became pretty apparent that for the most part, it's going to be destroyed. Yeah. I think it's interesting that a lot of the, the stuff that I've read keeps trying to, like, put a positive spin on it. I think Emmanuel Macron said, uh, well, the worst was avoided. And I just don't understand how. I mean, I guess no one was hurt, as far as we know. Yeah, no one died. That's good. Um, but uh, I mean, it's a building, so the roof is pretty important, and uh, yeah, and it is pretty much entirely gone, from what we can tell. Yeah, and it probably was full of a lot of priceless artworks. Yeah, that are destroyed. Um, so you know they can rebuild it but that's a lot of history gone yeah yeah well and like just symbolically it's that's a huge blow i think yeah you know anytime something like that uh, especially something that people from all over the world have some personal connection to yeah um it's just a huge it's the kind of thing where like I, i watched the some footage of the spire coming down. Mm-hmm. And, and I really, uh, this is something of a confession. I, I have never really looked at that building before. Um, I've never been to Paris. Um, and really all I knew about it have was you seen the Disney movie. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't either. That's like the one movie <laughs> I haven't seen. In that, that whole stretch of Disney movies. Yeah. It, it was kind of the black cauldron of its day. It was mm-hmm. a little, uh, too, uh, dark and weird, I think, for for people, for, for what people were expecting at that time. Well, for me, and I might have even talked about this on the show, but for me it was that I was just at that age where I was too old for Disney, and then, like, the next year I got over that kind of stuff and uh, <laughs> was fine watching kids' stuff again. Well, I think there were a lot of people who were going through that uh, at that time. Yeah. Uh, a lot of 15-year-olds, I think I was 
15 yeah. or 16 when that came out. That sounds about right. Uh, yeah, but I'd never seen the building before. All I knew of it was really by the, the um, gargoyles mm-hmm. on the side. And uh, so it, it, anyway, watching the, the spire come down, like even if you don't have any familiarity with it, you can kind of see like the, the significance of that um, just from a, a symbolic standpoint. And uh, I just imagine like it's the kind of thing that people are going to see it years from now and immediately like feel the resonance of, mm-hmm. of in the moment, what that was like. And it's, it's just rare that that happens on such a big scale and it's crazy. Um, you know, how quickly, how, how like out of the blue it was. Yeah. Um, um, but let's get on to more important things. What did you think of us? Us? I mean, I think we're great. I I think we have done an excellent job bringing the percolator back. Good. Um, yeah. All right, let's put it in the archive. <laughs> no, John, I'm talking about the movie, the I, film. I, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Since it's the two of us, we can talk about films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I saw us, and uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. That's it was, uh, um, and I, I, I think I had maybe. Wait, how do you feel about it now? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, actually, I think, well, I probably like it about as much as I liked it when I saw it. This is an anomaly. Yeah, but, but my, my esteem went up okay. after seeing it, so, which is also, I think, something of an anomaly. In, in the hours after or in the weeks after? Uh, in like the, the immediate like 72 hours, mm-hmm. which is a very critical period. It is. Um, that's usually where my... Uh, beliefs are either like reinforced or um, things just go down yeah. from there. But this one had the, had totally the opposite effect because it, it lingered with you. Yeah. You kept thinking. Yeah. Well, and like it, it was a combination of, I think the, the, the way that it kept uh, the, the movie itself, the way that it uh, stuck with me, but then also the way that elements of the movie began to take on greater significance the more I thought about it mm-hmm. and the more I heard about it and read about it. Um, so, you know, I, I went into it thinking that it was probably going to, to disappoint. I, I, I didn't expect it to be bad necessarily, but I just thought like, this is probably not going to live up to whatever concept it, is that weird combination of having semi high expectations and knowing that life doesn't work out to <laughs> Does ever meet them? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like conceptually, I knew that it was going to deliver, or I assumed it was going to deliver, mm-hmm. and I just figured that um, much in the way I think we might have talked about this, the way I felt the Matrix had this great concept that it couldn't deliver on. Mm-hmm. I, I was like anticipating a situation like that where I got into it, I was you know right along with the the story, and then it just never quite hooked me the way I wanted it to. And that was totally not the case with us. I, I think I was uh, completely absorbed. And it, it was weird because there are so many, um, I won't call them twists, but just the, the way that the plot uh, unfolds, it, it, you can't really go into this movie unless you've been told something about it, you can't really go into it and anticipate where it's going to go. Yeah. There's just no way of doing that. One of my favorite things about it is that the trailers for it only show basically the first 20 minutes in the movie. And there's a 
awkward point 20 minutes into the movie where you're like, or I was anyway, I felt like, okay, now what? You know, mm-hmm. like they're, they're sitting in their living room. The, the, uh, upside down family is with them. And it, for me, the tension started in the first scene and I was like clamming up throughout. And then when it got to that point, it was just like, wait, okay, how can they make this interesting? How can they make this scary from here on out? It's, it almost becomes silly for a moment. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, the movie shifts, doesn't twist, just has kind of a, a tonal thing where it starts to become more about the, the twilight zone-ness of it and yeah. the, um, and in the social commentary in it. And, and there's still some, you know, tension in it, but it's not as much about being a horror movie for me, the second half of it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I think is interesting about that is, is it actually, maybe the, the, the second half of the movie feels much different than that. It doesn't feel like a horror movie, like mm-hmm. you said. Uh, but the way that it concludes sort of punctuates it for me as a horror film. Yeah. You know, like it, it, the last moments are, they're, they're played a little um, less intensely than a lot of horror movies do in their final moments but the implications of them are yeah. like really scary. So that we'll call that a twist. Did you see that coming? Uh, yeah, that, I will admit at, at that point, like, so I guess we should probably drop a spoiler alert here. I think I, up I was until this point, yeah, I know I we've, like, we've, we've we gone get pretty well, but, uh, if we're going to do this justice, I feel like I do probably need to drop it in here. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. So the, the, I guess the initial twist though isn't really a twist so much as it is a revelation, which is that there is this entire uh, society of doppelgangers created by someone. And I loved that they did not belabor that, uh, the, the origin of. I totally agree. And I, after we saw it, Angie and I went to see it on a Thursday night cause we got tickets for the opening show. <laughs> Oh, that's a, what a novel thing. (laughs) (laughs) And we came home and, uh, talked about it. And then both of us like hopped online in bed and are like going through threads, reading about different people's interpretations of it and stuff. And there were a lot of people that were, the biggest complaint I saw was about plot holes and everyone was complaining about, you know, not having enough information about this secret government program Mm -hmm. and how come they didn't come up earlier and all of this stuff that I just felt like this is a movie that is a fantasy kind of movie and it's not something for you to look for things like that. And it, it, it's almost a fairy tale, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, and to go back to the twilight zone thing, uh, it feels like a very, um, elongated Twilight Zone episode where it's like it's just this what if situation and it explores social themes and and has this you know sci-fi and horror element to it but it's not something that you're supposed to look into to that level yeah analyzing the the details of it and I think it's it's so strange to me that anybody would try to do that given how little we see of it 
you know, like, like in, in no way do they get into the details of how this works. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 uh, there, there is this somewhat awkward, uh, exposition at that midpoint in the movie where you kind of, uh, you're, you're told what this is from the perspective of someone who has lived it, who doesn't Mm -hmm. have all the answers. Um, which I think was a great way to do it. A great device. Even if I don't like scenes where people explain everything, Mm -hmm. you know, but but in this case, it really does feel like you said as a sort of a fairy tale. We only get a glimpse of the immediate surroundings of that person, so we don't really know. She doesn't know how extensive this is, and we don't know how extensive it is, or you know anything about it really. But that that moment was not um, the the initial revelation. I don't think hits you. Uh, as hard as some of the other revelations later. Um, and I guess you could, you could almost anticipate that if you know anything about the plot of this movie, you know that there are doppelgangers of this family yeah. and that's really the, where, where it ends. Um, but the, the once, once the, it was clear that there were doppelgangers of everybody, mm-hmm. um, that's when it's the, the sort of dawning horror starts to build and, uh, the final implications, I guess, that this has happened across the entire country, um, this sort of uprising. I One thing that I like, uh, that I think smart horror movies do, um, or just smart movies in general, is the when they're going to reveal something to you, it a, a movie will kind of give you a hint in the 10, 15 seconds before... Mm-hmm. It's actually revealed, yeah. And so you all, you kind of feel smart, and you figure it out right before they explicitly tell you, you know. Yeah. And I had that with this because in the scene at their their friend's house, when um, um, Elizabeth Moss mm-hmm. and um, the the two most terrible people, yes. seemingly in <laughs> uh, uh, Santa Clara, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, she thinks that she sees something outside and he goes over to the window and he's um, looking and there's a shot that is right by him and you can see her come up to the window and you can see her reflection coming up to the window. And for a moment I saw that reflection and I thought it was somebody else and it was a copy of them. And that's when Mm -hmm. I had that, oh, here's where this is about to happen. Right. And then they have like kind of a beat for humor that he was just messing with her. And then Within ten seconds, they're all murdered. It's, it's slaughter. It's yeah, so good. <laughs> uh, and yeah. it, and it's a that is also I think a weird tonal shift too because at that point it's like, you know, we don't like these characters. Mm-hmm. I think uh, so. It, and, and and there's a little bit of playfulness to their to their execution, I guess, which it feels very weird and strange. Uh, but you also it, it's it's such a horrifying concept and done in such a shocking way that you're just sort of thrown off kilter by it. Um, but I, I, I think one of the things that it really does that, and, and good movies like this, I think tend to do this, uh, especially good horror movies where, you know, like, like you said, there's some suggestion of something early on and there are definitely suggestions of it here because we don't know, when this whole underground world is revealed, we, we don't know how extensive it is. So sure. But it's, and then there's another, there's another shot where, um, 
once the the tables have turned a little bit and they're not so much fighting for their survival, the family is not fighting for their survival. They're trying to uh, rescue um, the uh, son. And it, I think because we're no longer feeling like the, the victims, you know, we're, we're, our proxies are no longer like being threatened. They're sort of on the hunt or Mm -hmm. she's on the hunt that it's easy to not pay as much attention to the suggestions that are in those scenes where you do see these walls of red jumpsuited people, um, forming this kind of barrier. Mm -hmm. And even, I mean, they, they show you this in an extensive way. There's a big sweeping shot where, uh, that was clearly, I think had to be intended to, to resemble like a border wall, mm-hmm. um, uh, transversing different terrain and going into the water and out of the water and stuff. Rolling over the hills. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you kind of see the, the, the scope of this in a small way, but you're at that moment, you're just sort of like, okay, this is very immediate and we need to figure out how, how are they going to get out of this situation? And it, it's, you're distracted enough that you're not really thinking about like, likelihood that this is happening mm-hmm. everywhere until you get of course to the end the final shot and then it's it's uh confirmed yeah um it reminded me a lot that last scene reminded me a lot of a movie called the invitation from uh like two years ago two or three years ago and it's a a much smaller movie but uh it, it sort of re- resolves in the same way um or in a similar way where it's hands across saint charles <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it was it it's a really great uh conclusion a really great movie and i liked it i i think part it partly because of the way that it ends i liked it a lot more than get out hmm. um get out was one of mo- those movies kind of like the matrix where i feel like it peaked in the middle and it resolved too cleanly for my tastes hmm. you know i i totally get why it ended the way that it ended but for me for that to be a horror movie we can't get what we want. And as a rule, as a, yeah. Yeah. Or or there has to be some, uh, something has to undermine, undermine the Michael Jackson has to turn around and laugh. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Evil devil eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get that with get out. You, you do get sort of a fantasy resolution. I think that's true. And where in this case, I think it's, it's the greatest example of a, of a really crowd pleasing horror movie where, you know, immediately our, our core concern is safe for all we can tell, but the, the broader implications are still not great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, I'm, I, when I originally asked you what you thought of it and you said, um, I'm so glad to be alive in the Jordan Peele age, I think you said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I honestly had no idea if that was sarcasm or not. <laughs> um, I, you know, since figured that out, but, uh, but yeah, I'm glad that you still like it. It's crazy. Yeah. And I, I was not previously interested in his version of the twilight zone that's now on cbs all access have you seen any of that i haven't no i know the first episode's on youtube but i haven't checked it out yet. yeah i've been meaning to watch it too but i i i don't think i can't imagine liking it as much as i like his movies yeah um but i've definitely in the wake of 
us. I've, I've definitely been way more interested in seeing what he does with it. Mm -hmm. And, and I understand that, um, he has, I think two or three other ideas, um, like either whole scripts that he's already written or like just concepts for horror movies. And, uh, one of them, at least one of them is like a real violent piece of work apparently, or he's, he's referred to it as like the, the, the really nasty one. Mm. And I'm very curious to see how that evolution works out. Cause I think part of the reason why he has been given as much respect by the broader film community is because he has somewhat shown a little bit of restraint um, yeah. in that regard. I mean, these are definitely, they're violent movies, but um, they don't, I don't think they ever cross over into like exploitation. And um, you want to see that? I kind of want to see him try yeah. exploitation and see, see what I want to see him it. try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's us. Yeah. Did you have any percolations? I mean, I know that was definitely one of yours but yeah uh did you see those star wars trailers were there star wars yeah. are they is there another one there's a new movie and then mm. there's a leaked trailer for the mandalorian <laughs> or mandalorians i think it's just singular. singular okay yeah um is the mandalorian in the trailer for the mandalorian i don't honestly know what a mandalorian is i know it, it's Got to a do source it. of armor. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's all I know. That's what Boba Fett wears? Yeah. Okay. Is he the Mandalorian? I don't I don't know. Okay. I I was under the impression that he's not. Okay. That this maybe precedes the age of Boba Fett. Um, um I I just recently watched this leaked trailer. Didn't you didn't see it? I haven't seen that yet. Uh it looks good. It looks like good quality for a TV show there. Um, you know, it, it feels like a Star Wars movie and doesn't mm. feel cheap like a... Like an Ewok movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Stargate, and I don't want to slight Stargate, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard a couple of people say that they're more excited about The Mandalorian than they are about the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, uh, something I was working on today, there was a lot of debate about deleting the word rise from a headline and you can bet that the entire time I was like, rise, <laughs> just because of you jerk. I mean, that's really the only part of this uh, new star Wars movie that I'm excited about yeah. is the, the, the prominence that the word rise will have uh, over the next 18 months. Yeah. We're going to be saying it nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. I did watch it. I watched the trailer finally for, uh, the the new Star Wars movie and uh, I don't Rise of the Skywalker is that R Rise the Rise the Rise of, of Skywalker. Skywalker yeah something like that uh, and I don't it's it's really nothing like to from from where I can from what I can see it, it's it's really nothing there's nothing to it um, I it doesn't really show you any plot or anything it's a bunch of cool action shots mm -hmm. and I'm sure you hate it you love to hate that they showed a crash death star i think in oh i didn't even pick up on that there's a giant um concave dome looking gray thing on a planet mm. in one of the shots that i assume is the death star yeah um you go back and hate it you'll love it <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> uh 
And then, yeah, it finishes with a menacing laugh that... Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people have read some stuff into that uh, sort of immediately. Oh, and there's some line about... We're never really dead or yeah. no one's ever really gone. Or, yeah. Yeah. The emperor is not dead. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people leading up to The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. There were at least a, a handful of people I talked to directly who were adamant that uh, the Emperor had to play a larger role in the, these final three movies than we were acknowledging or that we had been told at that point. And one of the things I loved about The Last Jedi was that it, 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 it didn't necessarily destroy that possibility, but it certainly didn't cater to it in the way that I think a lot of people were expecting. Yeah. And... I here's my thought. I firmly believe this. I could be totally wrong, and J.J. Abrams could disappoint me once again. But I think what's happening here is um, they're they're playing to that notion that's out there that this this movie is going to satisfy all of those suspicions that mm-hmm. the emperor is alive. And I just have to believe that if he does factor into this movie, he is just a voice in somebody's head just the way Luke is I'm hoping that throughout all the fight scenes all of the previously dead Jedi and Sith are just like standing on the sidelines <laughs> like whispering <them> <laughs> whispering into their <laughs> yeah. ears yeah <laughs> punch him Ray <laughs> I can't wait to see Kit Fisto's ghost <laughs> talking to John Boyega <laughs> um yeah I I don't really have any strong feelings about the Emperor coming back. Um, I think I, I told you already that somebody uh, I know thinks that Snoke was the Emperor. Mm. And I find that fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> and I like have tried to play the scene out in my head of how it would be revealed that I'm back. And not only did you kill me once, <laughs> but I was that other guy that you killed also. But now I'm more deadly than ever. Um, and, and yeah, I want to say that I'm making my bold prediction that the rising Skywalker is Kylo and not Rey. Because mm-hmm. uh, if they try to make it a reveal that Rey is a Skywalker at this point, that would feel very unsatisfying. Yeah. Cause her, her mysterious past, of course she has to be a Skywalker, but, um, so I don't know if that means that he's going to rise as a hero or, mm-hmm. or the new, or continue to be the villain or whatever. But, um, yeah. And in hindsight, it feels like the last three movies were, created using a Star Wars name generator. Like, (laughs) those are really lazy names. Yeah, they very much are. I mean, and and I guess I like the, the, uh, as George Lucas likes to say, the rhyming of uh, the, these, the the last of the, of the trilogies have sort of a very similar structure in that the first one was Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. That's that's fine, you know. I don't hate it or anything. Yeah. But, um, I I if there is if there is anything that I feel passionately about these movies, if there is in any way in which I feel passionately about these movies, this, these last three, it's that uh, 
I hate the nostalgia. I hate, I hate when they lean on the nostalgia and I really like when they defy the nostalgia, which is what last Jedi did while not explicitly doing away with it. It was, you know, more playful and irreverent. And Mm -hmm. I think if you have to have that crutch, then you have to do something with it that is novel or interesting. Yeah. You know, you can't just, well, I mean, he did, (laughs) he did just remake a new hope basically. Um, but I don't, it's not going to be satisfying to me if whatever direction this goes in is just more fan service. Mm hmm. In whatever form that takes, and the the trailer does suggest that a little bit. Certainly, having Lando back is a big dip into fan service. Um, I can live with that if the rest of the movie is, you know, inventive and interesting. But yeah, you know, I think we should get an award for being the only podcast with four white guys who all liked the Last Jedi. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> That's the only thing we've provided to this world. <laughs> differing opinion on that yeah yeah so i don't know i guess it'll be interesting to see how this rolls out but uh i think the next trailer will probably be a lot more meaningful uh anything else that's it all right let's get out of here you're welcome ashley (laughs) 